Hey, what's up? My name is Jason. I'm the pastor of Church in the Wild. Thank you for joining us in the wild, where we have sermons, conversations, interests, all the things that make us who we are. Thanks for jumping on here. You matter. All right. Welcome to Church in the Wild. Give yourself a round of applause. You made it today in the middle of fall. You're here uh, you could be picking apples, I suppose, if you really wanted to, or pumpkins or something. Whatever it is we do, but you're here. You chose to worship with us today. I'm excited for this series. Um, this is a brand new sermon series that I'm, I'm really pumped about. And uh, it, is, it is just a look at all the different ways that creation worships God and that we can join in that dance. And so... Uh, you already saw the, the video with a couple of verses, but I'm going to read a few. Before I read the verses, I want to show you uh, just one slide. I tried to make a video today, but I'm not as professional as the other people. So one slide of the, the mission trip yesterday. Uh, this was our Dayton mission team. Uh, let's give it up for those guys. We brought... We brought a squad of guys and girls. Caitlin was was running us. She 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 told us what to do, and uh, she outworked the rest of us by far. So uh, we brought a whole group, and um, it was a blast. Honestly, uh, we had we had ten people that went to Dayton, and we served at a elementary school. Completely just uh, re redesigned their their little square that they meet in outside. Gave them outdoor learning spaces, and. Um, it was it was really fun. I got to just move mulch, which is like a dream job for a pastor because there's no stress. You just lift stuff and walk around. It was great. So um, Dylan Bishop ran this trip for us. So I'd like to uh, recognize him. Give him a round of applause. Um, I told Dylan my, my job, my goal for this is that all I do is go carry something heavy and nothing else. And he succeeded. Uh, he got us all there. Um, John Lake brought his crew from his electric company and, um, man, we just, we had a great time and, um, it, it was really fun to see the, uh, the, the people who were running it when we came in and, uh, they, they were like shocked by the amount of, of just males that we brought who were just burly men who came in to do a bunch of just jobs. And they were like, wow, we're the lady was like, I am so glad you are on our team because we have a lot of work to do. And uh, it was a two day job that we pretty much knocked out in one day. So uh, it was pretty awesome. So if you haven't seen the pictures or videos of it, they are on the church Instagram. Uh, Psalm chapter 148, Psalm chapter 148, shout praises to the Lord, shout the Lord's praises in the highest heavens, all of you angels, all of you who serve him above, come and offer praise. Look at verse three, sun and moon, all of you bright stars come and offer praise, highest heavens and the water above the highest heavens, come and offer praise. Look at Psalm chapter 104 and verse 12. Psalm chapter 104, verse 12. This is the verse that when I read this, I was like, yep, God uh, is wanting me to talk about this. Besides, this is verse 12. Besides them, the birds of the heavens dwell and they sing among the branches. One more verse, Revelation chapter 5, verse 13. I think we kind of sang about this a minute ago. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing 
To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory forever and ever. Uh, There's a man named C.S. Lewis, and he said the most valuable thing the Psalms do for us is to express the same delight in God to us which made David dance. There was a um, group of theologians a long time ago, and they gathered together and they said, we want to sum up Christianity we want to we want to take all of christianity and all of life and we want to put it into one sentence and so the the highest theologians of that country and that land and those different they gathered different denominational heads they brought them all together and they wrote something called the westminster catechism and the westminster catechism summed up life by saying the chief end of man is to glorify god and to enjoy him forever what they're saying is that the entire entirety of man, the entirety of human life, the goal of life is to is enjoy and glorify God. God created us to have a life where we enjoy him for who he is, what he does, and then we just glorify him because of those things. We could say it a little bit like this. The point of our life is to worship God. Because when you enjoy God, you worship Him. And when you praise Him, you worship Him. But we have a problem in our English language. In our English language, we say praise God. And we, we associate that as one expression. So in the, in the Hebrew Bible, especially in the book of Psalms, they say praise God. And we kind of view that as like, yeah, praise God. Cool. Great. We're our kind of stoic european descent that a lot of us came from is like yeah praise god Woo! that's like our summation of praise god uh, i remember playing basketball and soccer if my dad uh got really pumped like really pumped about something i did and it was like a really good thing my dad would say a boy from the sidelines that was like his entirety of like woo. and in church if there was like just an absolute banger and they were just singing away and everyone was going crazy. My dad would go, praise God. And that was it. So when I read Psalms 148 and I read that creation praises God, I just imagine creation going, praise God, right? That's like how I would view it. But that's not how the Bible was written. See, the Bible was written that the Hebrews used seven different words for praise God. And every one of them means something entirely different. In Psalm chapter 148, the Bible makes it very clear to us that creation is praising God and worshiping Him. And they're using, the Bible is using a word in Psalm 148 that is called halal, H-A-L-A-L. It's used 24 times in the book of Psalms, and it's where we get our word hallelujah. It literally means praise Yahweh, halal Yah, halal Yah. We, we changed it in our American language to hallelujah. Now, again, when I was a kid, we had, um, we had uh, junior church. And in junior church, there was this really fun song. And we, we would have all the boys sit on one side and all the girls sit on the other side. And the girls would start off and they'd go, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And the boys would stand up and go, praise ye the Lord. And then we would just go back and forth. And that word hallelujah comes from halal, Yahweh. And what it means is to shine to make a show, to boast. 
This is my favorite part of this definition. To be clamorously foolish. To celebrate. It, even, it can even be interpreted to rage or rave. All those of you who went to clubs back in the day, that's your word, right? Halal. It means to glory, to give light and praise or to shine. The word means that Jesus is light and that we should celebrate him. He is the light of the world, and so we should celebrate. And he actually demonstrated it in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Zephaniah 3.17 says this, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love, and he will exult over you with loud singing. The idea of this word halal is so cool. It's to rejoice so much that all of our movements and actions are just celebrating everything about God. And we sing so loudly that people around us are like, why is that dude so happy today? 1 Peter 3.15 says this, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you, and yet you do it with gentleness and respect. Here's the idea. Halal is a joyous recognition of who Jesus is and what he has done that overflows into our everyday actions and activities. It means that we are so full of joy that we are literally living our life like a dance and all those around us see us and they are like, Bro, why are you the only one at work who's having a good day today? Why are you the only one who is in the Starbucks line who's having a good day today when they don't have any more pumpkin cream cold foam? Why are you the only one who didn't say, forget it, I'm going to another place and then tear off? Oh, it's because of Jesus. He gives me so many reasons to celebrate why are you the only one at work who's not so ticked off at our new boss? Well, because I am saved and I, I'm a follower of Jesus. He's the light of the world and it pours out into our actions. Halal is joining in creation, is joining in creation. See, creation dances and moves in this, in this word called halal. There is a rhythm to nature and to life. Oceans dance and sway, waves crash and fall. Tides come in and they come out. Moons wax and wane. If, I don't know if you went for a walk last night, but last night uh, I took our Cromwell out for a walk and there was this huge full moon and it was beautiful. And moons, they wax and they wane. They get bigger and smaller and brighter and there's different colors of the moons. And that's part of creation, worshiping our God. Stars shine and emit sounds. Grass in the wind dances and sways when the wind blows it. There's forests that move and speak literally to each other. Seasons of life. We have winter and spring and we're in fall right now where we get football and, and hot chocolate and good stuff and sweaters and wonderful times. There's the wind, there's birds, there's, squ there's squirrels. Even trees give off pollen and they do so in different ways. Trees speak to each other through their, their roots, and their roots tell each other the best time for them to give off pollen so that all of them can equally receive what they need to receive. And they, they speak to each other when being attacked by animals. So if one animal bites or one bug bites a, uh, a tree, that tree will tell all the other trees in the forest, hey, I'm under attack. And all the other trees in the forest will emit the same pollen that repels the attacker. 
They do this in praise and worship to God. They literally communicate to each other. Pine trees. The, the Bible says in Psalms 148 that conifer trees should praise God. Pine trees sway and bend as they worship in praise to God when the wind blows. In fact, this is super interesting to me. Pine trees have something in them called pine tar. This is what allows them to stand up in cold, difficult climates and move and bend and sway with the wind as it blows. So whichever way the wind blows them, a pine tree full of sap and tar will be able to bend and adapt to that direction that the wind is blowing them. Certain ones do not have that. They begin to dry out. They begin to dry out and so they refuse to move with the wind. What happens when a pine tree begins to move, refuse to move with the wind, is it either falls and breaks and collapses entirely, or it cracks, and it builds a big crack in it. And you've seen these trees, because they'll have a bulb full of pine tar, and what this tree does is it sends all the pine tar that it has to the spot where the crack is. Because if it doesn't get pine tar to the spot where the crack is, then animals and parasites and bugs and fungus begin to move in and they begin to kill the tree. And pretty soon, you'll be in your house and you'll hear out in your yard something that sounds like this. And it's a woodpecker. And it's eating the bugs that are killing the tree. And if the tree does not allow that woodpecker to find those bugs quickly enough, the tree begins to die. And if that tree dies, all the trees around it begin to die because a tree refused to sway and dance with the breeze that God gave it. Now, in our lives, so often spiritually, so often, people become a Christian, they're new to Christianity, it's wonderful and it's exciting and it's fun and you can see them in church praising God, just rejoicing over the fact that God saved them and gave them life. But eventually in Christianity, what happens is we begin to dry out spiritually. We begin to dry out. We hear a song. The the worship team gets up here and they begin to sing and we think, well, I'm not raising my hand. I'm not doing that. You want me to sing? I'm not doing that. We begin to get dry spiritually. You don't know what I'm going through. I'm not going to worship today. What happens when we begin to get dry? We begin to crack. When we begin to crack, Satan sends parasites and fungus to begin to divide us and to attack us and to attempt to destroy us. When we begin to get those, all of a sudden God begins to knock on our heart. And if we close our hearts to God, we begin to to then divide and separate and move apart. And pretty soon you can watch one Christian become dry spiritually and an entire row in church begins to get spiritually dry around them because one person says, I'm not living my life according to the way that creation worships God. It is the trees that do not sway with the wind that break and crack. And what happens in our life is halal. This word halal is intended for us to be a weapon against spiritual attack from the enemy. Look at Psalm 149, verse 6. 
Psalm 149, verse 6. Let the high praise of God be in their throat. That word praise is the word halal. Let the high praise of God, the light, the celebration, the dance, to be clamorously foolish of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands. Here's what the Bible is saying. Halal gives us power. When we worship God, it gives us spiritual power. And when we worship, spiritual enemies flee. See, halal fixes marriages. This is why it's important that you worship together as a family. This is why, men, it is so important that worship is not just something that women do and we just stand there because we're too manly to do it. Read the book of Psalms. David was killing bears and giants and lions and dancing in the streets. That was the ultimate male. It gives us spiritual power. Last week we did communion. And we gave opportunities for families to pray. And I watched as some people just, men would not do it. Just, nope, not praying. And I wonder why we have no spiritual strength to fight enemies in our lives. See, halal fixes broken relationships. It finds us uh, the strength that we need. It gives us spiritual strength. This is why some can't grow spiritually. Some of us are spiritually stuck because we refuse to dance and sway with the breeze that God is blowing into our life. We have no spiritual power. We don't have the sword of halal in our life. We don't worship, and so we have no strength. So the only voice we hear is our own cracked, broken soul telling us how to do and what things to do and how to act. And then we wonder why we have no spiritual strength to fight against spiritual wickedness in high places. So how do we actually do this thing called halal? Does it mean that we need to have a mosh pit up here? Maybe, probably not. We might. It, the idea of halal is that every action... Every physical action that I do is full of the light of Jesus Christ. So you can practice halal by going out into creation and praising God for it. You can literally go for a walk and give thanks to God. You can dance, like literally you can dance as a way of worshiping God. You can practice halal by serving like we did at the the Dayton mission trip or working. You can practice halal by giving tithes and offerings by just living your everyday life full of the light of Jesus, by falling on your knees during worship, raising your hands, smiling, singing, shouting, clapping, loving your spouse, and this is the best part of this. You can practice halal by taking a nap. Look at this. Psalm chapter 149, verse 5. Let the godly exult in glory and sing for joy on their beds. That's awesome. Like, you can take a nap and praise God. That, that word halal is literally that word. Let them sing for joy while taking naps. Yeah, amen. Listen, the idea is that at any time, anyone can practice halal. If you're married in here, you can praise God in that way. All right? You can read that verse however you want to read it if you're happily married. Sing for joy on your beds. Take naps, rest, enjoy God, enjoy Him. The idea is that your family, when you enjoy your family, you enjoy the celebration of God. Enjoy good food and thank God for it. You know, it's so funny. We, 
we're so strange about stuff in America. Like we go to McDonald's and ask God to bless it to our bodies. And God's like, I ain't doing that. You just, I'm not doing it. That's, that's, I would divide the Red Sea before I would bless McDonald's to your body. Right? Like that's not happening. Halal was used as a way of blessing God for food often. The word halal, some of y'all are going to get mad about this. So just hang on. The idea of the word came from farmers having an overabundant harvest of grapes and then putting the extra grapes in a vat and then stomping on it and what happened from that. That's where it came from. The idea was like, we're just getting together and we're having a party and we're just going to jump up and down and stomp on grapes and have an absolute blast. And we're going to live our life in the way that we're just having so much fun with God that everyone around us is like, are they, uh, is there something wrong with that church? Like, why are they so happy all the time? Halal is becoming so lost in God that you give no thought of anything except celebrating who our creator is and what he is doing for us. And it's not intended for us to be the ones who enjoy it. It's for us to be giving to God. Halal is not for us to consume. This is the important distinction. Our church Our world, our culture, our American church culture is a consuming culture. It is, I will come to your church provided you have everything that I want exactly how I want it. I don't want a blonde pastor. I want a brown-haired pastor, so I'll go find one who has brown hair. I don't want a worship team. I want a choir, so I'll find one that has a choir. I don't want drums. I want this drum, so I'll find one that has, like, literally, we have built America into come consume us as a Christian culture. If you come to consume church, though, you missed halal. Halal is not supposed to be something where we come and watch people do it. Here's what I'm saying. Halal is not for you to come watch these guys and then grade them on how well they performed this week or if the people you watched on YouTube did a better job. Halal is for something for all of us to participate in continually throughout the week. So if you come to consume church, you missed it. Well, I don't like the church. It's got the wrong lights, the wrong colors, the wrong songs, the wrong pastor, the wrong this. I don't like the sermon. It's whatever. That's a consumer idea of worship. It is, let me just make sure that you're as cool as the one that I watched on YouTube. And then if you are, I'll come check you out. The question we have to ask when we practice halal is, does Jesus like what we do? Not do I like what I do? And here's the truth. Creation roars this word halal around us regardless of our our joining in or not. Right now, all around us, leaves are changing. Trees are swaying. Birds are dancing. Squirrels are running around. Right now around us, all of creation is roaring out praise to God regardless of whether we practice this or not. So it's time for us to be the ones who join in this. 2 Samuel 6, verse 16, is this story about David. And the Bible says, As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and praising and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. It's one of the most sad stories, is this lady named Michael. Because she clearly loves David 
very much. So much so that she ends up protecting him and hiding him at one point in her life from her own father who's trying to kill him. But eventually, she sees him leaping and dancing in the street. He's celebrating the fact that the presence of God is with them. And she begins to judge him and she begins to criticize him and despise him. And we don't find her in the Bible again. That's the end of her. And her, the last image we have of her is someone who's despising her husband because she doesn't like the way he did something. I was thinking about that because um, a couple weeks ago, our, our, our teen boys are over here, so I can talk about them, I think. It's okay, because they're they're, I won't embarrass them. And I, w- I went to one of their football games. And those boys are beasts, for starters. Like, they're tanks. Like, we got some tanks for teenagers. Uh, we were watching this football game, and they were, like, throwing children around. Like, just tossing them like rag dolls and tackling them. It was awesome. But what would happen is these boys, uh, they would they would make a big play. One of them would get a tackle or something. Brody would tackle someone. Charlie would tackle someone. And the, they would start to be so excited over the play that they would start jumping up and down and be like, whoa. And then the rest of the team would get on the sidelines and the whole team was jumping up and down. I'm in the stands with, with, with Scott and me and Scott are sta- jumping up and down. Like it's, it's a celebration over what happened. Here's what happened. The boys celebrated something happening in their life, so they cheered. And when they cheered, we joined in. Often in our lives, we think, well, I don't want to cheer God because people will judge me. Well, they won't. They won't judge you if they're cheering for you. We didn't judge the boys for how they celebrated their play because we were just celebrating the play with the boys. In our spiritual life, if we let the the light of Christ burst through us and shine through us, every action will become a joyous celebration of what God is doing in our lives each and every day. And we won't be consumed with, well, I don't know if people will accept how I did this. Do I raise my hand this much, this much, this much, or this much? Do I do both hands, one hand? Do I do the YMCA in the middle of the song? I don't know. It doesn't matter. You just praise God. You just praise God. You celebrate the fact that there is this Savior who died for you. He came to this earth and brought you the light that you need. And when you worship Him, praise begins to give you spiritual strength to fight the things that are consuming your mind right now. Even in church, we begin to think, oh, what about this? What about that? What about that? The answer is to worship God. He will give you the strength you need to fight the battles that you fear so much. God sits above all the things you fear. He sits above all the problems. The storm that you're looking at right now, God reigns above that thing. And if you worship him, you will find the strength to grow and to go. And we cannot be like the pine tree that refuses to allow God to move in our lives. God, you want me to say thank you to I'm not doing it. You want me to you want me to praise? I'm not doing that. You want me to you want me to talk to someone? I can't do that. We begin to get dry and crack spiritually. So I'm asking you all to stand to your feet today. I'm asking our worship team to come up. Over the next couple of weeks, all the way up through Thanksgiving, we're going to look at different words for praise. Next week we're looking at one. It's so interesting to me. Blue Jays sing in the dark. They're one of the only birds that sing in the dark and in the cold. And the word we look at next week is this idea of being in the cold and being in the dark and simply raising your hand 
And it's this idea that you're surrendering to God and you're able to thank him through the difficult time and praise him even in the middle of the darkest night of your soul because you surrender to the one who's there with you in it. And we're going to look at that next week and then we're just going to continue to walk through the book of Psalms and look at different words that tell us and show us how to say thank you to God. One week we'll talk about this idea of you just kneel down and pray. One week we'll talk about this idea of you raise your hand. One week we'll talk about the idea that you sing loudly. Just different ways of us saying thank you to him. But this word halal is so awesome. It's every action that you have can be a celebration of the light that's in your soul. Everything you say and do can celebrate him. Even taking naps can celebrate God. So let me ask you this week, as you go through into this next week, how are you praising God? How are you thanking him for being the light that's in your life? He's there with you. Even in the hardest storms, even in the most difficult times, in the moments of celebration, in the hard times, the good times, the bad times, God is with you and he's for you. His light is shining through you and you have this beautiful opportunity to demonstrate to all those around you a reason for the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Don't refuse to sway with the wind. The Holy Spirit is breathing life into some of us. If we refuse to allow him to move us, we dry up, we crack, we begin to get attacked, we begin to divide and we begin to fall. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you and to you. Let his wind blow life and light into your heart and allow him to have you celebrate that in however he calls you to do so. So we're gonna sing one more song. I hope that as we sing it, you will not refuse to allow God to have you worship him. I hope that this song is a celebration of him and who he is and that we're all comfortable enough to understand that, hey, God is with us and we wanna celebrate that.